1: of us lack the power for service and we get stuck in this rut we can't understand why we're stuck in a rut because we don't have the power source we do not have the power some of us ignore the holy spirit we don't allow him to have complete access of our hearts we don't ask him for his power so we could be in service and do the things that god wants us to do we lack the power source we lack the power source it's like trying to drive a car without the engine we don't have any power
0: doing what god has called you to do may look daunting Yet, you trudge ahead and trust God and His call. However, as Pastor Dave will explain today, if you fail to tap into and trust the power of the Holy Spirit, you're heading toward failure. You are too weak on your own, but unstoppable for ministry with the Holy Spirit. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 10. As he begins his message, Saul experiences the anointing. You are sure.
1: 1 Samuel. We're going to be looking at chapter 10 once more, and we're going to kind of review verses 1 through 8, and then we're going to pick up 9 through 16 and finalize that. So if you'll open up your Word of God to 1 Samuel 10. Let's read. I'm going to read through the 16 verses of 1 Samuel 10 beginning, and I'm going to start with 1 Samuel 9.27, and we'll read through the first 16 verses of 1 Samuel 10. 1 Samuel 9.27, As they were going down to the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to go on ahead of us. And he went on. But you stand here a while, that I may announce to you the word of God. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head. And kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? When you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say to you, The donkeys which you went to look for have been found. And now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys and is worrying about you, saying, What shall I do about my son? Then you shall go on forward from there and come to the tibnereth tree at Tabor. There three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you, one carrying three young goats, another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a skin of wine. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you shall receive from their hands. After that, you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen when you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with string instrument, a tambourine, a flute, and a harp before them, and they will be prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. You shall go down before me to Gilgal, and surely I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and to make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait till I come to you and show you what you should do. So it was when he, Saul, had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. When they came to the hill where there was a group of prophets to meet him, then the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. And it happened that when all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets, that the people said to one another, What is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Then a man from there answered and said, But who is their father? Therefore, it became a proverb, is Saul also among the prophets? And when he had finished prophesying, he went to the high place. Then Saul's uncle said to him and his servant, where did you go? So he said to look for the donkeys. When we saw that they were nowhere to be found, we went to Samuel. And Saul's uncle said, tell me, please, what Samuel said to you. So Saul said to his uncle, he told us plainly that the donkeys had been found. But about the matter of the kingdom, he did not tell him what Samuel had said. So we studied at length last time that Saul had been anointed king of Israel. Samuel had anointed him in the presence of God. And I love the verse 27. When Samuel said to Saul, but you, Saul, stand here a while that I may announce to you the word of God. I love that. Announce to you the word of God. This is what a prophet does. A prophet brings forth the Word of God. And sometimes it's futuristic, but a lot of times it's just the Word of God for now. What is happening and what's going on? In fact, it has been said that pastors, Bible teachers, and those who teach Bible studies and teach the Bibles are prophets. Because we're bringing forth the Word of God. We're sharing the Word of God with you. And sometimes it even becomes prophetic. It even becomes futuristic. I know you've been in church with a friend of yours, and as the pastor was preaching, the friend of yours gives you the sharp elbow and says, you told him I was coming. You told him everything that was happening to me. Well, see, that's prophecy. The Holy Spirit knew of that person's plight, knew of that person's trouble, knew what was going on in her heart. And as the pastor or the preacher or whomever is teaching God's Word, the Spirit is working through him, and he's declaring things to each one of you and to each person. And so it becomes prophecy. Bringing forth the word of God. So Samuel anointed Saul by pouring oil on his head. He poured this oil on his head. And remember, in scripture, oil is always a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So he's anointing Saul with this oil. And he says in verse 1 of chapter 10, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? Here, Samuel was actually doing the anointing. He was actually pouring the oil over Saul's head, but it was the Lord who was doing the anointing. The Lord was doing the anointing. The Lord had called Saul to be king. The Lord was going to empower Saul to do the work he called him to do by his Holy Spirit. It was Saul who was going to be the king. The Lord had called him. The Lord chose him out of all Israel, but Samuel was pouring the oil on his head. He said, isn't, hasn't the Lord called you? The Lord has anointed you. God raises up men and women. He anoints them with his spirit, and then man recognizes it. Man recognizes that anointing, and we declare that person to be this or that or whatever. Here we see God doing that to Saul. And then in verses 2, 3, 8, Samuel basically prophesies, telling Saul that he all this is going to take place. When you leave here, these things are going to happen. You will find out that the donkeys you were searching for were okay. And you're going to find out that your father is no longer concerned with their safety, but he's concerned with your safety, and he's worried about you. We find out in verse 2. This is going to happen at Rachel's tomb. In verse 3, we find out that there's three men going to worship God at Bethel, and they're going to be carrying things, three goats, three loaves of bread, and a skin of wine. They're going to give you Three loaves, or two of the three loaves of bread, and you need to receive that as a gift. You need to receive that. That's verse 4. You're going to meet up with a group of prophets near the garrison of the Philistines at the hill of God, and they're going to be carrying instruments, and they're going to be prophesying. Verse 5, and then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, Saul, and you too will prophesy, because God will turn you into another man, turn you into a new man. What a great scripture. What a beautiful, beautiful picture we have here! What a beautiful picture we have! God will turn us into a new man, a new person. Behold, all things are new. May any man be a new creation. May any man be in Christ, a new creation. The newness of God. When these signs come about, Saul, you're to do accordingly as the occasion demands. In other words, he was saying, when these signs come about, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and these men are prophesying, you're going to prophesy too. You're going to prophesy. You're going to do as occasion calls. You're going to do these things. Why? Because God is with you. That says verse 7. God is with you. And go to Gilgal now and wait for seven days, and then I, Samuel, will come to you, and then I'm going to tell you what God wants of you. I love that. As we go into the next verses, Saul so leaves Samuel, and God does exactly as he had promised. Why should that surprise us? Saul receives a new heart, and everything that else comes to pass. Why did God do this for Saul? What was so important about these things? They seem kind of insequential. They seem like, well, they don't really make sense. You're going to find out about the donkeys. You're going to to have some bread given to you. You're going to meet meet some prophets. You're going to meet some guys who are prophesying, and you're going to prophesy. I think this was God's assurance to Saul. I think God was saying, Saul, when you see these things, you need to be assured that, number one, I can solve all your problems. The donkeys are found. Donkeys are safe. Number two, I can supply all your needs because you're going to give bread. Somebody's going to give you bread. I supply everything you need. And thirdly, I'm going to give you the power, Saul, that you need to lead this country when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Think about that. Isn't that a great example for us? Isn't that a great example for us to know? God is able to handle anything that comes your way today. God is able to handle it. In fact, he already knows what's going to befall you before it even comes. God knows, and he can handle He is able, he is more than able, to handle anything that comes your way. Another song. He is able to do that. He does those things. He's able to handle anything. God supplies all your needs and all the riches through Christ Jesus. He does that. God does that. And God will give you the power for service. If you ask, the Holy Spirit will come upon you with that dynamic power, the dunamis power. Just like they get the word dynamite from, that dynamic power, power to live the Christian life the way God wants you to live it, and power to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. We can learn from these things. We can see that God is always faithful. God never fails. Everything God has ever said he was going to do, he has done time and time and time again. Scripture says he is faithful when we are faithless. God's faith continues to flow even when we don't choose to believe it or see it. This is the mindset that any person wanting to be in service to the Lord should have. Care of the Father. He's always with you. Communion with the Son, Jesus Christ always having communion with the Son, knowing that he's going to supply all my needs in Christ Jesus, and a new heart that is changed by the Holy Spirit. These three alone are needed for any type of service that you might do for the Lord. Many of us have great knowledge of what God is in control and will handle all things. Many of, many of you have all that knowledge. You know that, and you can tell me, well, we know God works all things together for good for those who are called and according to his purpose. You know that. Many of us have a relationship with the Son, Jesus Christ, by faith, and we believe in his sacrifice on the cross. We believe that God raised him again on the third day. We believe that, and by that, we are born again. We are new. We know that God supplies our needs and all our riches through Christ Jesus. But many of us lack the power. Many of us lack the power for service. And we get stuck in this rut, we can't understand why we're stuck in a rut, because we don't have the power source. We do not have the power. Some of us ignore the Holy Spirit. We don't allow Him to have complete access of our hearts. We don't ask Him for His power so we could be in service and do the things that God wants us to do. We lack the power source. We lack the power source. It's like trying to drive a car without the engine. We don't have any power. These three things must be evident in a man and woman in, of God in order to be effective in any ministry. Any ministry you might do, these things must be effective. If you don't have a firm understanding of this, that God cares for you, that he's on your side, that he'll never leave nor forsake you, that he cares about everything that you're going through, even at this moment, you will never be able to administer his amazing grace to someone else. You must grasp that. That must be part of it. So many of us want to be used by the Lord, but we refuse the tools that are available for us to be used. What good is an auto mechanic if he doesn't have the tools to fix your car. He can tell you all about carburation. He can tell you all about brakes. He can tell you everything you need to know about starting the car and why there's no spark there or what's this happening, what's that happening. He can tell you all about how the fuel mixes with air and how explosion, internal combustion works. He can spout all that out. But if you have a problem with your car and he doesn't have any tools at all, what good does he do? He can't help you at all. He can't fix your car. The tool that God has given us for service is the Holy Spirit. He is the tool upon which we lie. He is the one that gives us the power to do the work that God has called us to do. A man or a woman that can only talk about the principles of God's word and the procedures, but they lack the tender, gracious compassion for others. This is not the kind of ministry that God desires of people. Knowing the nature of God, having communion with the Son, and being changed by the Spirit, makes one become a true minister of God. We need that in our lives. Always remember that the word minister means servant. The word minister means servant. To minister to others means to serve others. Jesus said, I did not come to be served. I came to serve. That's our model. That's our example. So in verse 10, we see that Saul meets the group of prophets and that the Holy Spirit comes upon him. All of a sudden, he's endued by this major power of the Holy Spirit, and what's the evidence that he gives? He starts prophesying. Look at verse 10. When they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Holy Spirit came upon him, Saul, and he prophesied among them. He started exhibiting a gift of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit came upon him, he started exhibiting this gift of prophecy. He too prophesied. So we have the evidence of the Spirit upon Paul. He was prophesying. Remember, very important, that in Old Testament times, God gave the Holy Spirit out to those he would use. He gave the Holy Spirit out to those he would use. Read back through the judges. As we look at the judges, remember, certain people were called to be judges, and God would give them the Holy Spirit. He would allow them to have the Holy Spirit to do the task that they were supposed to do. But he also could take it back. He also could take it back. Hence, David in Psalm 51, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. But today, as believers in the New Covenant, By placing our faith in Jesus Christ, God places the Holy Spirit within us, the Helper, the Comforter, the Paracletus, the one who will come alongside. He is now within us. He leads us into all truth. He convicts us of sin. He transforms us into the image of our Savior from inside out. The Holy Spirit is God's deposit, his earnest, his down payment that we are his children. Take a minute and turn to the beautiful chapter 1 in Ephesians. It's, we need to read this. In chapter 1 in the book of Ephesians, specifically 13 and 14, in chapter 1, it says, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Hallelujah. And in the Old English. In the King James, it says you are the earnest. It's earnest money. How many of you bought a house? When you buy a house, what do they want? They want earnest money. That means I'm giving you this money because I'm going to buy this house. If I back out, I'm going to lose the money. Well, this is what God has given us. God has given us earnest. He's given us a a taste of his inheritance. He's given us the Holy Spirit. This means we are his. We are sealed. We are his. The scripture says nothing can take you out of the palm of his hand. We are his. We belong to him. And he's given us this earnest of eternal life, the Holy Spirit. And that's what he's saying there. That's what Paul is saying to the Ephesian church, the earnest. God's spirit is He's always with us. He's always there. And we can grieve him. We can even quench him. But we can't drive him away for he is with us forever. He is there Forever. The Spirit enabled Paul, possibly for the first time in Paul's life, to have a personal relationship with his God. Remember we said that Paul wasn't very much of a religious guy. He didn't really have much time for the the temple. He didn't really have much time for a relationship with God. But through the Holy Spirit now, he's got this relationship with the Lord. And he's able to express it with praise and worship. But unfortunately, we're going to see that this this becomes very short-lived. It becomes very short-lived. Saul fails miserably. If Saul had continued his walk with the Lord, and if he had nurtured that walk, things would have been much different. But unfortunately, pride, desire for power got the better of him. You know, I've been blessed to be a pastor here for seven years. I've been blessed before that to be an elder in Calvary Chapel, Violin for some 11 years. Before that, I was assistant pastor at Maranatha-by-the-Sea in Ocean City. I've seen many great and wonderful saints be raised up in ministry, be raised up and given wonderful gifts by the Holy Spirit. But I've seen these same, these same men be overcome with pride and be overcome with a quest for power. And I've seen them fall from grace. I see them drop out of God's will. God has to place them on the shelf because they don't become usable because their heads become too big for their bodies. Their pride is so huge. They think as if they're doing something. Oh, if we ever think that we have anything to do with this, we're really in a bad way. We are really in trouble. And I'll say this out front. If you ever come to this church to hear me, you're in bigger trouble than I thought. You need to come to church to hear God. You need to come to church because God's ministering to you through his word, because the Spirit is drawing you here. We don't go to church for a man or a woman. We go to church for God and God alone. We seek him and him alone because man will fail you every single time. And if I haven't failed you, hang around. It's not my want, not my want to fail you, but I probably will. Someone walking with God, praising him and worshiping and serving him, suddenly they cease to nurture their relationship. All of a sudden, Bible study is beneath them. All of a sudden, they think they know it all. They have everything gleaned in there. I know everything. I know that story. I know that story. I know the Bible. I'm a walking Bible encyclopedia. Just ask me. I'm dying to tell you what I know about the Bible. They cease to nurture that relationship. They become prideful and desire for power. I want to be on their throne. I want to take theirs. Sound familiar? Satan, I will sit on that high throne. I will be exalted. Ooh, bad place to be. Bad place to be. When this happens, God has to place them on the shelf. And they can't be used until they repent, until they fall flat on their face and repent to their God and ask to be restored. God can restore them. We must remember And I'll never get tired of saying it. We must remember that our very first ministry and any ministry subsequent, our first and ministry of highest priority is us and the Lord. Out of that relationship between me and my God, between me and my Savior, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, everything else flows. Everything else flows. If I'm not in tune with Him, I cannot give to you what he gives to me, I cannot do that. If I'm not in tune with him, if I'm not praying, reading my word, studying, being close to him, if I'm not doing that, what good does it do? What good does it do? Our relationship is premier. In 1113, interesting scenario happens. Let's read 11 through 13. And it happened when all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets that the people said to one another, What is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Then a man from there answered and said, But who is their father? Therefore it became a proverb, Is Saul also among the prophets? It seems that some of Saul's old buddies got news that he was prophesied and they scoffed at him.
0: You are sure hope. Although our time is coming to a close for the day, you don't have to stop studying God's word. Feel free to read ahead in the book of 1 Samuel and find more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com All of Pastor Dave's messages are available to download for free. You can even subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. Find links at our website. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. While we'd like to invite you to join us in person for church at Calvary Chapel Cape May, right now we're following the Lord's guidance and remaining closed. However, we are still holding services online. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 on Facebook and YouTube. Just follow the links you'll find at assurehoperadio.com. We're also streaming our Wednesday service at 7 p.m. along with Bible study and devotionals each week. It's important to stay connected to church community during this time, so we hope you'll join us. Is there anything we could be praying about for you? Please let us know. Call us at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. Would you pray for us too? Please keep Pastor Dave and all of us at Calvary Chapel Cape May in your prayers that we'll be wise in our decisions and that we'll stay in tune with the desires of Christ. Thanks for praying. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of 1 Samuel right here on Assure Hope.